nurses. New statistics about our profession seem to hit the interwebs every day. How can we make sense of it all? Well, let's dig into some of the latest stats right here on episode 126 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. Thanks for being part of the Nurse Keith Nation, whether you're listening for the very first time or you've been tuning in for months or years. This podcast is always about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. I'm a member of the Pulse Media Network of Podcasters over at PulseMediaNetwork.com, along with RNFM Radio, Elizabeth Scala's Your Next Shift, the Gluten-Free RN with Nadine Grishkowiak, and Sarah Santa Croce's Introvert Biz Growth Podcast. I want to remind you that you can help other people find this show by leaving a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, which we used to call iTunes, but now they call it Apple Podcasts. If you head over there, please look for The Nurse Keith Show, leaving rating and review. Will you do that for me, pretty please? You can find the show notes for this episode, and I highly recommend following along as you listen over at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 126. I'm going to be referencing lots of articles and things in today's episode, and you're going to want to go check out and read those articles for yourself. Anyway, I'm thrilled and happy that you're here, and I want to dig into today's topic. So let's hop over into the studio, shall we? Let's go. Friends, a new study by the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce was published not too long ago, and it's called Nursing, Can It Remain a Source of Upward Mobility Amidst Healthcare Turmoil? And it is a really interesting study that's being referenced by Forbes and lots of other really high-quality websites and publications out there because there's some important revealing statistics about the state of the nursing profession in the year 2017. And there's a lot of positive and negative numbers in that study. And we really need to dig into it because there's a lot to say. So when we think about what's happening in the nursing profession, this Georgetown study really breaks things down for us, unpacks the profession in a way that I find really fascinating. There's a ton of bullet points from the study in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 126. And there's also links to the study and some other articles that you're going to want to check out. I'm going to go over some of these bullet points here because they're really sticking out to me and I want to make sure that we call attention to them. So now, the average American worker in the United States in 2017 between the ages of 25 and 54 earns approximately $60,000 a year. So keep that number in mind, $60,000. Now, an RN with a BSN earns an average of $68,000 a year as compared to that $60,000 for the average worker. And your average associate degree nurse here in the United States earns 61000 
So you can see that $7,000 difference between the BSN and the ADN, leaving the ADN really around the average for all workers in the United States. I think that's fascinating. And I think that truly shows that earning a BSN definitely catapults you up quite a bit in terms of earning potential. And we all know there are certain jobs only available to bachelor's degree nurses at this time in history. Now, RNs who have a diploma from a hospital program, and there are some of those still around, some of those nurses are still out there working, even though there are no longer hospital programs, they're earning around $56,000 a year. That's less than what the average American worker earns. So we can see that the diploma RNs are definitely at an economic disadvantage at this time. We also see through this study that there's unequivocal evidence that as nurses go back to school and earn higher degrees, they are earning more money. This is just the norm now. This is what we're seeing. There's no quibbling about it. So if you have, let's say, an LPN certificate or you're a diploma nurse or associate's degree nurse and you're wondering if it's worth going back to work, if <laughs> you're wondering if it's worth going back to school, it definitely is because you're going to be earning more money. And if you have quite a few years left in your career, you definitely want to increase your earning potential, even if you have to take out some loans to get there. Now, one discouraging thing that they're seeing is that even though males men like myself make up still only about 10% of the nursing workforce, there is a gender wage gap between male and female nurses across all educational levels. Now, lots of male nurse bloggers and male nurses out in the Twitterverse are going to argue this. They argue it vehemently against this particular piece of information, but study after study keeps showing that male nurses earn more on average than their female nurse counterparts. So we can't argue with it anymore, guys. We have to actually fight for gender parity in terms of income in the nursing profession. Let's get with the program. Let's realize that we do have this privilege as men, and let's see if we can level the playing field so that there is no longer a gender wage gap in our profession. Speaking of males, male RNs who have a BSN were shown by this Georgetown study that they earn 19% more than their female counterparts with a BSN. Now, male ADNs, associate degree nurses, only earned 5% more than their female colleagues. We can't really pick this apart anymore, I can say. And for those of you out there who want to fight for this gender parity, it is a fight well worth having. Now, in terms of racial differences within the nursing profession, the Georgetown study identified that LPNs and LVNs are the most diverse segment of the nursing workforce, with 44% of practical and vocational nurses being ethnic minorities here in the United States. They're earning an average of about $46,000 per year, and we're seeing that only 18% of current RNs began their careers as LPNs or LVNs. So vocational nurses and practical nurses, if you're listening, definitely consider going back to school. We want to lift you up. We want to increase your 
earnings. We want to get you into the 60,000s and the 70,000s. You're now earning an average of 46,000 a year. We want you to earn more and we want you to have more opportunity. So really consider going back to school. Now, other racial disparities that are seen is that of registered nurses, only 7% are Hispanic or Latino, whereas 16% of the general population is Latino or Hispanic. And we can see that 70% of RNs with a bachelor's degree are white and only 10% are African-American. We definitely need to see some diversification within the nursing workforce. So whatever we can do as nurse leaders, as nurses out in the community, as nurse educators, as executives, and as healthcare leaders and executives, we need to recruit more young, ethnically diverse populations into the profession. It's good for us, it's good for the country, and it's good for the healthcare system. So we definitely want to see a more diverse workforce. We want to see a more educated nursing workforce because we want you all to earn more money. It gains us more professional respect, and we want everyone to have as much opportunity as possible. So definitely head over to the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 126. Click on the link for the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce Study and read through all the statistics, look at the PowerPoint, download all the different abstracts and information that's there. It's really fascinating. And I think we're going to be unpacking this particular study for a while. Now, there's been lots of articles crossing my desktop recently. I'm always combing the internet. I was going to say trolling, but it's not really trolling. I'm just combing, surfing the internet, looking for interesting things that nurses are talking about or things that are being said about nurses and healthcare in general. So I read a lot. I check out nursing blogs, articles, journals. I also like to look at the news because lots of stuff on healthcare is published in the mainstream and alternative news. And I like to keep up on what people are saying. If you follow certain nursing hashtags on Twitter, for instance, you'll find lots of links to interesting articles and not so interesting articles, but there's plenty out there to peruse. Now, one article that's really gained my interest recently is an article on Forbes.com called Advanced Practice Nurse Pay Surpasses $150,000. Now, not every advanced practice nurse is making $150,000, but they are actually quoting the Georgetown study where we're seeing the pay scales for nurse practitioners and APRNs really going up. So Forbes is actually generally very much on the ball when it comes to the nursing profession and what's happening for us, usually from an economic standpoint because it's Forbes, but it's really worth checking them out because they have some great stuff and they often call my attention to articles that have passed me by otherwise. Now, there's another really interesting article that came across my desk recently, and it's at 247wallstreet.com, another financial website. And again, financial sites are great for checking out information about salaries and jobs and job growth and stuff like that. Now, this article is called 48 Jobs with Six-Figure Salaries, and they aggregated data 
from the 457 jobs that are tracked by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And of those 48 jobs, 11 are healthcare related, and a number of those are actually directly related to the nursing profession. So a bunch of healthcare jobs made the cut of the 48 jobs with six-figure salaries, and I want to break that down for you right now. Now, coming in at number 44 was physician assistants who clocked in at $102,090 per year. Not too bad for PAs. Now, at number 42, just beating out PAs or nurse midwives at $102,390, just eking out $300 over physician assistants for average salary. Actually, just so you know, these average salaries are as of May 2016. Now, clocking in at number 38 out of 48 are nurse practitioners earning an average of $104,610 a year. Pretty decent for nurse practitioners, though I would like to see that number going up in the next few years. Coming in at number 31 was medical and health service managers. They didn't really delineate whether this is acute care, outpatient. This is really a big, broad group that the Bureau of Labor Statistics looks at. And they're earning about $109,370 a year. Pretty good for those managers as well. Now at number 27 out of 48, this is interesting, post-secondary health teachers came in at 113,770. I personally don't feel that it's likely that they're talking about nursing professors because the general rule or the general word on the street is that nursing professors make less than nurse practitioners and often less than nurses with an MSN or even with a BSN. So I don't know what health teachers they're talking about. Probably those who teach in medical school, which would skew that number up. But I don't think nursing professors earn $113,000 a year, or we would all be flocking to teach at nursing schools. And we know that there's actually a shortage of nursing professors. So we have to take this number with an enormous grain of salt. Coming in at number 23 was optometrists at $117,000 a year. Number 18 was pharmacists at $120,000 a year. Podiatrists are pulling in $144,000 a year. And drumroll, please. Number four is nurse anesthetists earning a healthy hundred and sixty four thousand dollars per year so nurse anesthetists remain some of the highest paid healthcare providers out there who are not physicians now number three is dentists and they boasted a salary of a hundred and seventy eight thousand and physicians and surgeons came in at an average of two hundred and ten thousand dollars that's about forty thousand more than nurse anesthetists Now, for those of you who are now on your computer looking up nurse anesthetist programs, know that it is an intense educational program, that it 
can often cost more than a nurse practitioner program because there's a lot more to go through to become a nurse anesthetist. However, you can see that the earnings are very, very healthy. And according to the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the job outlook for nurse anesthetists looks pretty darn good. Actually, for nurse practitioners in general in a big lump, the job outlook or job growth between now and 2024 is at around 31%, which is pretty good compared to registered nurses, which is hovering in the upper teens in terms of job growth. So this article, 48 Jobs with Six-Figure Salaries, is really interesting. And it's great to see that nurse midwives, nurse practitioners, and nurse anesthetists all made the top 48 jobs with six-figure salaries. That is awesome news, folks. Now, there was another article that I found great. It was over at healthcaredive.com, and that is linked in the show notes as well. And it's an article entitled, Demand for Nurse Practitioners Eclipses Most Doctors. Now, that is interesting news. And this article reports that demand for NPs is pretty much outpacing the demand for doctors around the country because nurse practitioners are beginning to perform a lot of the tasks and things that physicians usually could only do. But now that NPs are gaining broader and deeper scope of practice in more and more states, as well as the Department of Veterans Affairs, we can see that the demand for NPs is greater. We also know that NPs make less than doctors, so they can really save healthcare facilities a lot of money if they can perform pretty much the same job as a doctor for a lot less money. Now, of course, we want to see those salaries go up accordingly, but we can assume that NPs are always going to earn less than physicians, and that's just got to be okay with us because I don't think we're going to be able to break that particular barrier because physicians do go to school and have tons of experience, and they've been demanding these sorts of salaries for years, and they're not going to give it up very easily, folks. Now, this article also points out, as the Georgetown study points out, that high rates of turnover and burnout are still really dogging the nursing profession. As I've talked about here on the show before, bullying is still rampant. My friend Renee Thompson is always out there fighting against nurse bullying. Burnout is a big issue. We can look at burnout in terms of nurse-patient ratios and the amount of patient care that nurses have to accomplish in the course of their shifts, the demands out there are enormous, and I don't refute that fact in any way, shape, or form. However, the jobs are out there, the opportunity for growth is out there, there are many threats against our profession. However, at the same time, I think the picture is rosier than it is going in the other direction. Now, I've said this before and I'll say it again, that with Congress talking again about getting rid of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, and possibly throwing millions of Americans off of the healthcare insurance rolls, one of the worries out there in the economic interwebs is that the demand for healthcare workers, including nurses and nurse practitioners, is going to go down because if you have let's say 25 million fewer insured Americans, there's going to be that fewer people 
seeking healthcare and healthcare facilities and organizations are going to cut down on staff because there'll be fewer people insured and seeking care. This is not a good recipe. We definitely don't want this to happen, but we need to have contingency plans because we know that this could occur in the next few years. I don't think it's going to, but we have to keep our eyes and ears open and our ears to the rails in terms of what is affecting and impacting the healthcare industry and the nursing profession. So another article that crossed my path was in the dailynurse.com. And this one was entitled Nurse Practitioners Meeting High Demand for Chronic Disease Management. Now, they say in this article, and I quote, Demand for nurse practitioners is at an all-time high, and NPs are now the fourth most sought-after healthcare profession, as well as one of the fastest-growing. Last year, primary care nurse practitioner graduates outnumbered primary care medical school graduates by more than three times. So it's no surprise that U.S. News and World Report ranked the NP second on its list of the 100 best jobs, naming formidable salaries, job security, and increased practice rights as enticements for students considering healthcare professions. Factor in the Bureau of Labor Statistics projection of 31% job growth between now and 2024, five times the national average for all other professions, and the need for more than 50,000 new positions in nursing. And we have the right incentives to recruit the next generation of nurse practitioners. Now, folks, There are so many takeaways from these articles that I'm quoting today. One of the main takeaways I want to make sure I repeat is that the data is there. The data supports that if you want to earn more money, you need to go back to school and get at least a bachelor's degree. Bachelor's level nurses are earning more than the ADNs, and they're definitely earning more than the diploma nurses and the vocational and practical nurses. So going back to school is a no-brainer if you want to earn more and have more opportunity. Now, some of the other takeaways are that there is a wage disparity between the genders in nursing, and something has to give. No matter how much people argue this point, Study after study is bearing this out, and we need to take a clear-eyed view of this and figure out why this is. Now, why this is is probably because there's a gender wage disparity around the country, probably in almost every profession. But in nursing, a female-dominated profession, there is no excuse, I'm sorry, for men earning more than women who are doing the same job. There is no excuse. I consider myself a feminist. This really makes me upset, and I want to see this change. Now, we can also say unequivocally, based on the Georgetown study that I quoted, that there are racial disparities within nursing and healthcare as well, especially in nursing. We need a more diverse nursing workforce. So we all need to get out there, hit the streets, work the phones, and get people applying to nursing school. We need to go into African-American high schools and entice those African-American young women to apply to nursing school. We need to go where the Latino and Hispanic kids are hanging out and tell them about nursing and all the opportunities for them in the nursing profession and the healthcare ecosystem. We need to get that change happening in the nursing profession. It is really for the good 
of everyone. Now, job growth is there. Opportunity is there. There's lots going on for nurses. There's lots going on in healthcare. We need to keep an eye on healthcare reform and make sure that our jobs stay there and make sure that our patients stay insured. That is also in everyone's best interest. Folks, there's a lot of great reading out there. And one reason I'm highlighting a bunch of articles in today's episode of The Nurse Keith Show is that I want you to see how much great stuff is out there and how you can monitor the internet for this information and really keep abreast of what's happening. You can also just tune into RNFM Radio and The Nurse Keith Show and find out what's happening as well. We will keep you totally abreast as well as we can on what's going on in our profession and the industry nationwide and somewhat worldwide as well. So folks, thanks for tuning in today to the Nurse Keith Show. I just wanted to bring you some interesting information that's been crossing my desk these days. I want you to feel uplifted and empowered always from listening to an episode of the Nurse Keith Show. And I want you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your professional satisfaction and your career development. And did you know that you could become a patron of the Nurse Keith Show? What's a patron, Keith? Well, a patron is someone like Scott Sullivan or Bradley Sandoval or Christine Robertson who goes to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith and pledges a monthly pledge to support the production and editing and promotion of the Nurse Keith Show. It really, really helps me. Now, if you pledge at least $10 or even $20 a month for a period of time, you can get books and postcards sent to you in the mail. You'll have your name called out here on the show to thank you for your patronage. You might even get some free coaching with me. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to pledge as little as $2 a month, but hopefully you'll go for 5 10 or 20 and get some of these great premium prizes that I'll send you in the mail and we can talk on the phone and really have a grand old time. So support me on Patreon, help support the Nurse Keith Show, help me grow, help me get the show out to more people and produce it even more professionally than it is now. And we will work together to really grow the nursing profession. So thank you to all of you for supporting the show. Speaking of supporting the show, The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by the amazing Tim Hollowell of thepodcastinggroup.com, and I have to give a shout out to Tim and his wife, Beth, who just had a baby. His name is Lincoln Hollowell. He was born just a few days ago. He's a beautiful little boy, and I just want to wish them all the happiness in the world of having that child and bringing him into the world. And I know they're going to just be amazing parents, and he is going to be an awesome, already is an awesome human being. Congratulations, Tim and Beth. I really wish all the best for you both and Lincoln. Now, Social media and promotion are handled by the equally amazing Mark Cappy Spiesen, and he and his wife had a baby last year, and I announced it here on the show. So there's something in the water here at the Nurse Keith Show Studios because everyone who works for me ends up having a baby. So Tim and Mark, y'all are out there really bringing some great, beautiful children into the world. So keep it up and make some more, and let's keep the party going. Anyway, folks. Make sure to post a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit me up on Twitter at Nurse Keith, Facebook, Nurse Keith Coaching, Instagram 
at Nurse Keith Coaching. I'm having a blast on Instagram. Head over there and check me out. And Facebook too. I'm posting stuff on Facebook pretty much every day. And folks, you can sign up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com. And did you know that my new book is out? That's right. My new book is called Aspire to be Inspired, Creating a Nursing Career That Matters. And it is 18 really inspiring essays for the heart of the nurse and the mind of the nurse. There's a link in my bio at the bottom of the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 126, or just search for Aspire to be Inspired over on Amazon. Check it out and please, please buy a copy. So folks, I want you to stay positive. I want you to care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and tune in again to The Nurse Keith Show as we explore how to make your nursing career, that's right, your nursing career, more satisfying and inspired than you ever imagined possible. Be well, folks. Dig deep. Seek joy. And keep in touch. Adios till next time from The Nurse Keith Studios here in beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. Adios. Adios.